All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Just after four o'clock. How are you? Welcome back to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 live on Oilers Nation YouTube. These are YouTube comments are humming. Uh, the text line, people are fired right up. Guys, I don't agree with everything you say, Gregor. I have to say I love the passion of your show. Thank goodness we have sports radio back. I'd be going nuts. Somehow it's cathartic just to talk about how brutal the orders are. <laughs> Comes in from Doug. Well, Doug, you know what? Because I think as you listen to the other commenters and texters, phone callers from fans, you realize that you're not in, you're in this together, right? There's many fans that are just as frustrated as you, who are just as perplexed as you about how the Oilers are this bad. And trust me, it's like franchise start bad. They've tied the worst 11 game start in franchise history at two, eight and one with the, uh, remember when the NHL for two years had 84 games, 92, 93, 93, 94. Well, both years, I'm pretty sure it had nothing to do with the 84 games because it was the first 11 games of the season. They started two, eight and one. And they started in different fashions. The one year, they actually won their first two games of the year. And then <laughs> then they lost two, tied one, and then lost 11 in a row. So after starting 2-0, and they went 0-13-1. Painful. Painful. That was that was a year after making the conference final. That was 1992, and you know the orders were a team that still had a lot of guys who, you know, veteran players who knew how to get it done. But you know, and, and that team actually, even in 92, 93, like when the season started, they had some solid players on the team. Bernie Nichols is a decent point producer, right? Craig Simpson had won cups. Guy had scored. Like they had some good players, but man, they hit the ditch hard to start that year. And then the next season, 93, 94. They were actually 1-8-1, and one, then won their 11th game, which tied the order's uh, record right now, and actually uh, ended up being 6-8-3. and three. They kind of recovered a bit. Obviously, neither one of those teams made the playoffs, as that was the first of two years of a four-year run when the orders missed the playoffs before they got back in 97. But that's it. Even in the decade of darkness, the orders never started 2-8-1. and one. Think about that. Like some really bad teams. Like, I don't expect this team to be that bad. I really don't. But something's got to change. Something's got to give. Jack Campbell, if you missed it, of course, uh, he was put on waivers today. He will 
be uh, uh, reporting to Bakersfield tomorrow. Uh, I do not expect any team to claim him. No chance. Got three years left in his deal at five million AV. Like it's not happening. Yeah, I saw somebody say San Jose should claim him. Um, San Jose has a boatload of uh, uh, cap issues and everything else. They're not taking on Jack Campbell because, um, by the way, um, they wouldn't want to do it because they wouldn't buy out Jack Campbell because if they if they want it, well, not, I guess they could, but if they want to trade. Let's say Logan Couture and Thomas Hurdle, because they're like, hey, we're going full rebuild. They can only retain salary on one of them for the next two years because they already have retained salary on Burns and Carlson, and you're only allowed three retained salary contracts on the books at any one time. So that means either they find a team that will take them for all of their salary for the, the remaining term, or one of them is going to stay there at least two more seasons, like this year and the following one. So. It's uh, it's tough sledding right now in San Jose, man. Tough, tough sledding. But you know what? I know it's tough for Oiler fans right now, so let's try to cheer you up. We'll get you a little bit of a boost. Text line is 833-401-1440. You can text in if you want to. Uh, don't, don't do it just yet because you don't know what you can qualify for. It's the uh, Help Your Neighbor Contest, courtesy of Legacy Heating and Cooling, where... On Monday, November 20th, we will have a draw. And if we call your name, you are going to win a pair of lower bowl seats, row 17, where the orders attack twice on a Friday night in December. Yeah, and you might need a beverage or two. We're giving you the tickets. You might need a beverage or two to get through the game, depending. Maybe by then they're out of their funk. We'll see. Also, you will uh, get the uh, Echo Bay uh, Smart Thermostat, courtesy of uh, Legacy Heating. Uh, you get it all installed in your home, makes everything better, save you on efficiency, it's great. And more importantly, you will then be given the opportunity to gift someone in your circle, friend, coworker, neighbor, sibling, parent, anybody who owns their own home, who does not live in the same home as you, so you can't gift it to your spouse, common-law, partner, husband, wife, can't gift it to them. But you can gift it to someone in your circle as long as they own their own home and live within a 100-kilometer radius of Edmonton. And they will get a brand-new, high-efficiency Goodman Energy Star gas furnace installed. Comes with the uh, the thermostat, the Honeywell T4 thermostat. Has all the permits and inspection fees covered. They will remove and dispose of your old furnace. Comes with five-year labor, 10-year parts, and a lifetime heat exchanger warranty. I know some of you asked, guys, uh, what if they leave me the furnace because I want to dump it on my brother's lawn as a joke? Well, I guess you could negotiate that. I guess. We'll see. Not, I'm not sure on the legalities, but you never know. But either way, they're going to take it out. So here's how you can qualify today. Just because, uh, you know what, it's, it's very random. All you have to do, though, is, is you have to know how to, uh, how to spell this. Um, correctly. Okay. That, that's it. Uh, we are talking about the Leahy and I think many of you know what the, what the Leahy hairstyle is, which is what I've agreed to grow out if the orders lose against the San Jose Sharks. God help me if they lose. Like you want to see someone who will be bitter and I'll do it for seven months because anybody can, you know, like I'm not going to be Tom Gazzola and we wink out and have my perm for a month. That was, that was soft, Tommy. That was pretty soft. It's good to get the perm, but kind of got rid of it a little too quick. So I will go seven months with the Leahy. So text in the word Leahy, but you have to spell it correctly. Put your name and the Leahy, 833-401-1440. That is the the text line. And then uh, Conman will uh, pick a random winner. Maybe it'll be you. Good luck. Uh, other news and notes from around the uh, the NHL. Of course, uh, while Jack Campbell's been placed on waivers, uh, Max Pacioretty spoke and uh, is confident he is going to return, hopefully from his Achilles tear, and, uh, and get back on the ice soon. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, other teams, while well, the Oilers are uh, are floundering, because we've had a lot of people texting in. Guys, I don't even want to look at the standings, but how far out of a playoff spot are the Edmonton Oilers right now? 
Well, if we look at it right now today, they would be six points out behind the St. Louis Blues, who currently hold down the second wild card spot. Okay, they are nine points back of Anaheim, who has the first wild card spot. The Ducks have won six in a row. They're on fire. So, well, I know six points obviously isn't a lot over a 71-game run. But there's also Calgary, Chicago, Seattle, Minnesota, Nashville, Arizona, between Edmonton and St. Louis. So while you're six points behind them, you've got all these other teams as well in between. So you just, like the orders, as I mentioned, after the last the loss last night to Vancouver, they are now 18 points back of Vegas. Now Edmonton has two games in hand, so best case scenario, they're 14 back of Vegas. They are currently 14 back at Vancouver with a game in hand. So even if they win that, it's 12. Like, that's a lot of ground to make up. Possible, I guess. But for Vegas, man, I think it's really unlikely they're going to be able to win the division now. I think the Edmonton owners, the players might not want to admit it. The organization might not want to admit it. But I think you could look and realistically say that the owners now are probably battling more for uh, for a wild card spot, like L.A. is uh, eleven points up on them. Same games in hand. Like I, again, like the Oilers went eighteen two and one down the stretch last year, like an unbelievable run, and that still didn't get them to catch Vegas, who had an eleven point lead on them after twenty games. So I guess we can see where they're after twenty. Like maybe Edmonton, you know what? You got nine games to go here. Maybe maybe suddenly the switch will flip. I, I'm not holding my breath. That it's just suddenly magically, oh, but confidence is a strange beast. Maybe the Oilers get a win over the San Jose Sharks. Maybe you have four or five players who finally get off the schneid and score a goal. And maybe that gets a little boost of confidence. But, you know, the reason I'm skeptical is after the Oilers played quite well against Calgary. Kulak scored. DeArnay scored. Right? They... They played well. They didn't give up very much. And you're like, okay, Edmonton could build off this. They had a few days of practice. And then since then, loss, loss, loss. Not very good against Dallas. Anemic against Nashville. And unable to avoid the costly defensive mistake against Vancouver. Rinse, wash, repeat. That's kind of what it's been for the Edmonton owners. So does one win over San Jose... I've said it before, until I see the orders, you know, play really two good months of hockey, I'm not going to say, okay, I think they're back. But at least to turn things around, they would have to win multiple games in a row and play decent in multiple games before I could say, hey, you know what? I might pick the orders to win. Like, even if they beat San Jose, I'm not sure I put them as a favorite against Seattle. And Seattle's not playing very well either. Right? They're four, six, and two. I got 10 points. They're five ahead of the orders. Orders have a game in hand. So it is it's fair to say why some of you are uh, are concerned. No question. No question. Cons, who is qualified today to help your neighbor? Today's qualifier is Cody. Cody, my man. H- how are you doing? I'm doing good. You? Good. How are you getting through the slog that is the order's start of the season? I'd rather not talk about it. <laughs> Did you watch the entire game last night? Uh, I tried turning it off, and I couldn't, and I kept watching no matter what. Okay, so you're you're like most order fans who are like, I want to shut it off, but you're like, well, maybe there'll be a fight here. Maybe you hold out hope for something. Right? Like what? Keep what keeps you on. coming? Uh, hope. I just want it to be better. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair, man. That's a, that's spoken like a pretty diehard fan. I can tell it's painful though. Um, Jack Campbell, do you think he's played his last game as a member of the orders? I, I hope not. I would like to see him back, but also we need something better. So yeah, uh, well said, well said. Well, Cody, uh, congratulations. Uh, you have qualified. So automatically you get to win one of the uh, very unique and classy sports 1440 hats. So that's one thing. Uh, you will now go into the draw for on Monday, November 20th. Be sure to be listening here on Sports 1440. We'll do the draw. And if your name's called, you will get the uh, your choice of a Google Nest or Echo B Smart thermostat, uh, courtesy of uh, Legacy Heating and Cooling. You get the pair of tickets on a Friday night, uh, great seats in the lower bowl where the orders attack twice for the orders home game. 
And you will then get the opportunity to gift a brand new high efficiency furnace to someone in your circle. I know you listen to the show lots, like most of our listeners. Uh, have you thought about, is there anybody you know who needs a furnace in your circle? Uh, probably the in-laws would be my guess. Oh, the in-laws. All right. Well, you have time to do a little research if you want to look to see some. Hey, anybody out there know? Well, because you're in the draw. You'll have a pretty good set. You, gotta, you have a 1 in 20 chance of winning. It's pretty good odds. Perfect. Thank you. All right. There you go. Yes, yeah. Anybody who qualifies, it's a 1 in 20 chance. 5%. Hey, man, everybody who enters draws, that's a pretty good chance to win a prize pack worth over 8 Gs. Just for listening to the show. Big thanks to uh, Legacy Heating and Cooling once again for uh, stepping up for uh, Help Your Neighbor. It's awesome. And uh, like this, this can be really life changing. We saw it last year. Right? It was, uh, Kara was great. Her and her, her, and her daughters uh, living in their house, and it was, you know, they had some real issues with insulation. And Steve stepped up and put in some insulation in their house on top of it, which was amazing, but they really needed the new furnace. So it was awesome. So, even if you haven't qualified yet, do a little sleuthing. Find out because if you do qualify and you win, you're going to want to give it to someone who could really use it. That's going to make you smile even more. So that's why we call it help your neighbor because there's nothing better than helping others. 420, when we return, Jason Strudwick. We will talk about defense or a lack thereof next on The Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Well, you know what that music means. Time for Struds On, brought to you by Action Electrical, family-run business with uh, 50 years in business. And uh, they continue to grow and expand and now, of course, have uh, commercial and residential solar options for you. And uh, they can help you out. There's all sorts of grant money that you can get from the federal government if you want to make the change now. So if you do, go to actionelectrical.com. Net, here is Strud's On. The Jason Greger Show presents Strud's On. It's the memories. That's what you remember, memories. Uh, there's a bouquet of uh, enjoyment coming in my mouth there. But you know, it's like I always say, HK, who cares? It's time for Strud's On. 426. How are you? Jason Greger, Connor Halley, Jason Strudwick, uh, former NHLer, runner up in uh, Battle of the Blades, uh, co host on uh, Got Your Back podcast, uh, joins us. Struddy, how you doing? Well, it's been a tough week, buddy. Uh, my Giants got pounded. Our franchise quarterback is out for the year. He might not play again. And the orders are in a seemingly free fall. So they put their goalie on waiver. So. Pretty high event week uh, for a guy who tries to keep it on the rails. Well, well the, I don't know if you've ever been on the rails, Stratty. That's what's hilarious about it. The night train is usually <laughs> off the rails, so uh, I think this is where you would excel and be uh, be more comfortable. Um, what'd you make of the Jack Campbell decision? I, man, you know what? When a team is in a slump like this or in a, in a you know free fall, you, you got to do something to maybe shock the team, right? So it's. Try to give him something, a little, a little something that gets him uncomfortable. Um, you know, I, I don't think that firing the coach is, 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 is the right move. A trade is unlikely. Um, so, you know, you, you do something like this that is, you know, you, you, he's, he's, a, he's a respected guy on the team, um, hasn't had the, the, the time here at the orders that he wants. But, you know, it's, it's, gonna, it's upsetting. Like when a friend and someone that you value in your room is sent to the minors, it's a real – it really hits home. It's very yeah. – you know, it's very uh, hard, and it shakes you up, and it shakes the group up, and hopefully it kind of shakes them and, and wakes them up a little bit to get them going. Unfortunately for Jack Campbell, he's a casualty. And I understand why they do it, right? Like, Because you either have to find out if Jack Campbell can get his game back or not. And I think it's a lot easier. You played in the American League. You played in the NHL. I think if you're trying to redefine your game, Struds, you've probably got a best chance searching for it in the AHL than you do in the NHL. So who knows if he'll get it back? I have no idea. I don't know. Um, and if he does, then maybe he'll come back in a month and he'll help the team. And if not, well, then he probably sails off in the summertime and they, they buy him out or trade him or what have you, and you move on. Um, my question is this. Calvin Pickard has played very well in the minors. 
We had Mike Kelly on earlier talking about the, the orders and even just getting average or above average uh, expected goals uh, saved from goaltenders. They've only had 35 games the last 93 where they've even had average in that department. Struds. So Stuart Skinner's your guy, but you're bringing up a guy who's played well. Granted, it's in the American League. Is it a no-brainer to go with Skinner on Thursday, or would you even consider going to Pickard? Because Skinner actually has a worse save percentage right now than Jack Campbell. Yeah, so let's first talk about Pickard. For him coming up, I don't think he should feel any pressure, right? It's not like he's replacing, um, you know, an all-star level goaltender that is, you know, out for for the season. He's coming up, and he should feel very comfortable to play free and loose because they're the ones that need him, right? He, He probably didn't think he'd even see an NHL arena all year. So he's calling, getting called up. Um, he, he should be really excited and motivated to play well. Not pressured to play well, but motivated to play well. Now, as far as, as, as the next game tomorrow, or sorry, on Thursday against the Sharks, I would go with Skinner. I think Skinner needs to know that you believe in him, that this is your guy. It feels like an easy game for the Oilers. I know that's dangerous when they're only one spot below you and you're in 31 or whatever they're in. So, But I think you've got to let Skinner know, but you have to play Pickard soon. Yes. He's got to get out there because he you can't bring him up here and just run Skinner the whole time. Skinner has not earned the net. He, last year he did. He hasn't earned it this year. I So it's either 1-2 or 2-1 is how I played him. But I like to get Pickard in the game ASAP so he's not thinking about it. He's not worrying about it. He should come up here feel free and easy, but they need to play him. It could be a Jordan Bennington story. Like They, they don't know what's going to happen, but they know what has happened so far this year with this team and the goaltending included. Yeah, no, I would agree. Like to me, I think he's got to play one of the first two games. And if I'm looking on paper, clearly the San Jose is the easier game, right? And so I see the argument, well, geez, put Skinner in there. Maybe it gives him some confidence, but I'm like, I don't know because San Jose is like the worst offensive team. So I, I don't even know if, if that's the one I would, I would gauge him against. Uh, it's more so, hey, if Pickard's playing well and I put him in there and he plays well, heck, I might play him again. Right? Like honestly, I think that's where they're at with their goaltending. Like you said, it's not like Skinner's a lock that he just has to get every start. Yeah, and I, that could, that I, if if you told me that is what's going to happen, that Pickard's going to play third, I'd get it. Like I said, nobody is nobody has earned the net. No one has taken and run with it. Um, so I, I could get that, but they need to play him. They could, this guy cannot come up and not play for the first six games. They need to play him. They need him. They and I, I say it again, they need him to be able to play because Campbell is going to go down the minors, and you know your points well made. It is easier to maybe find your game down there. And I think the biggest thing is you're away from all the attention. Like, people are going to forget about him. Uh, he's going to go down there, and hopefully he can, you know, do what he needs to do to kind of find his game and straighten it out, whatever needs to be straightened out. But, you know, failing that, there's not a lot of options out there for these guys to be bringing in other goalies. Like, it's, it, there's, now you're down to three. Skinner, Rodriguez, and, and Pickard. That's all you got. So you got to get these guys playing because Skinner can't play the next – 70-whatever, 71 games. Jason Strudwick joins us. So, Strud, I have to get your thoughts as a defender. I watched the game last night. You know, unfortunate on Vinny DeHarnay, like it goes in off his stick. You know, some people were saying he should have been facing the other way and covering the man. I want to start there. Was DeHarnay, was he facing? Because to me, looking away from the puck isn't always the best, or should he have been looking away and just covering the man? What's your thoughts on how he played that? Yeah, it's a sick feeling. When it went in, I just felt sick for him because every defenseman who's ever played, even Beer League 27, we've tapped in a goal on our own net, and he feels sick, especially when the team needs to win. I would have preferred to see his toes facing up ice. So his toes are facing up ice, and if the puck hits him, there, there's no chance of him like knocking in with his stick, um, and then he knocks down any pass or going across. I feel it's always dangerous in a passing situation when you are – up ice from your stick, and your stick is towards the net. That's okay. when it's generally going to go in. So I think he should have been facing toes up uh, and then trying to take away the player's stick beside him. Doesn't mean the puck would have gone off his feet, but it's less likely for it to go off your feet. Okay. Um, the second goal. Like, that, to me, encapsulates perfectly the Oilers' season. Vancouver starts that play from behind their net. They make one outlet pass on the boards, and they make one cross pass to Joshua. Then he drops it to Pre-Suter. It's three passes through three zones with no one around them. How is that possible? Yeah. Okay, so um, Holloway was right up on the, the netminder. Holloway is standing right in front of the goalie. 
he wasn't taking away the forehand side of the defender behind the net. He needs to shade to his right, uh, to the forehand side of the player, so that guy can make a straight pass. Drysaddle is on the other side, anticipating that to be the play, so that that D-man could not pass it up that wall either. Instead, the puck goes from behind the net up to the far, the left side. Bang! Two others are beat with one pass. That is uh, a, a no-no in, at any level, but definitely in NHL. You can't have two. When I say beat by two pa- by one pass, it means they're now behind the puck on one pass, and that can't happen. Dylan Hobby's got to shade to his right, keep his stick in the lane. Now you go up, they're still fine. It's a three-on-three. But the puck now goes from uh, to, to the right side to, uh, who is it, Dakota, I think it was? Yeah. Anyways, gets it. Uh, Fogel and uh, Kulak, no talking, uh, no, no communication at all. They both shade over towards that guy, and that leaves a massive hole behind that where they're supposed to be, which is where the guys are going to score from in the slot. So there needs to be a communication. Either, you know, Fogel calls off Kulak and Kulak stays in the middle or vice versa or whatever. But there's no, there's no communication there. Um, and then, you know, then the end result is that it's, it's you know, Suter. It's not Brock Besser or, or Pedersen. And he, he shoots a shot that is probably stoppable. And um, so really almost everyone on that play yes. is at fault, which is really incredible because you stop them on a controlled breakout and less than 10 seconds later, Four of the five skaters and the goalies at fault for a goal that it goes in the back of your net. Yeah, it was amazing to me when I I watch it. So, and I was watching with my son. I'm like, okay, see, here's the things you don't want to do. You don't because it's like, Dad, it's a three on three. They shouldn't score. And I'm like, yeah, you're. And they definitely not only do they score, it's they leave the guy wide open on on a three on three. Um, that one was bad. Then you go to the fourth goal, Stratty. It's three on two. Uh, sorry, 3-2 in the game. It's And it's halfway through the game. There's still 30 minutes left. It's a one-goal hockey game. Matthias Ekholm, the players have talked about this since they had captain skates, right? we got to be comfortable. You know, you don't always have to look for the next goal. Just be comfortable. Sit back. Dry subtle wins a draw. It's kind of weird because it goes to the top of the circle. Everybody sees what happens. Fogel races for it. He tries to chip it in, hits a body. Now it's 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 in a very, there's no danger where the puck is at that point of the game. All Evan Bouchard has to do is just retreat. And it's like, it's a two-on-two. At worst, it's a three-on-two with Drysaddle having speed coming back, so it's probably a three-on-three maybe. Why Bouchard would even think, because he doesn't even do anything, Struds. He he doesn't hit the guy. He just steps up and says, oh, now I've opened up the lane for you to pass it off to the guy, and it's a two-on-one. And then, probably the most egregious part for me, he back-checks and gets to the blue line and then coasts in, and and, and he's a stick length away from Hoaglander. If he moves his feet... Maybe he gets a stick on him. Like, it's unbelievable that play by Bouchard, and maybe more unbelievable that there was no recourse by the coaching staff. How's that possible, Struts? Yeah, so cringe, cringe worthy. Like, that one, you know, you, every, everyone makes mistakes when they're playing, and when they, you know that the coaching will show that on video, you're, you're all over it, right? Your fingerprints, or in this case, Bouchard's fingerprints are all over it. So, pinching for me is really clear. Number one, do I have a chance to get the puck? If it's less than 50-50, even if it's 50-50, I don't want to go. Because if I go, I'm not going to get the body or the puck. Because yeah. on a good pinch, you're getting one or the other, sometimes both. But if you're pinching and you notice some Bouchard there, he steps up. He, the, the, the puck is shipped off the wall, and I, if I remember correctly, the puck player jumps inside him, so he's now holding nothing. He's mm-hmm. got a, a fistful of feathers. Nothing can happen uh, in that situation. So he's got to understand that I can just back off there, right? Not everything has to be a full-on pinch. And, you know, people are going to talk about the, the, the backside help and the high guy. I agree with that. But it starts with the D-man. The D-man gets his head up and says, what are my odds of getting this puck? Is this a good time to, to pinch? Can I get the body or the puck? If you can't, you don't have to pinch. It doesn't matter what that high guy is doing coming back. If you decide to go, you better take quick gander to make sure the guy's there because there's always a chance to get out. But there was, there was a zero chance of Bouchard getting that puck. A 3-2 game, you've got to know, let's just stay in the fight. We don't have to win it at that moment. We don't have to win the game in that exact moment. Yeah, I, I, it's stunning. And so at what point do you think the coach, because I'm not one who says, oh, just bench guys all the time, but Rick Tockett benched JT Miller, a team that's winning. Right? We've seen guys across the league getting sat half a period, right? A period. I'm not saying put a guy in a press box. I'm not saying send him to the minors. 
I'm talking to try to send a message because it always sends the message for him. I would assume it gets the whole team's attention, especially when it's one of your top four defensemen or one of your top six forwards. I think benching those guys sends a stronger message than benching their fourth line winger, which happens almost every second game when you shorten the bench. Right. So like, how can that not happen at this time, Struddy? And how much of a risk is that for the coach that you do nothing after that after that play? Yeah, so well said. Like, benching a fringe player or a really young player is easy because people expect it, right? That's, yeah. Young players are usually not finished products, and then you got your fringe players. That are Like, I was a fringe player. It was easy to bench me because we just expected it. It's going to happen. So when it's a top four player you need, or top four D-man, you need this guy. So you're not going to sit him out for three games in a row, but you can deliver a message in a way um, that makes him understand that the repeated uh, choices you are making are no longer acceptable, right? It's, it, you're not yelling at him. You're not screaming at him. You're just saying, buddy, this is no longer acceptable. What you're doing is no longer acceptable. So you're going to sit here for a while, and it's embarrassing, and quite honestly, you get really pissed off. Really, and I'm, I've been benched before when I was, you know, I was higher up in the lineup, and you're really mad. You are really mad, uh, and you're, and it's embarrassing, and everyone on the ice knows. Every, your teammates know. As soon as they look up, they're like, oh, man, it's not Bouchard and Ecky, it's whoever, Ekholm and Darren A or whatever. They're like, oh, Bouchard's been sat. And then that ripples through the dressing room. I think last night would have probably been a good opportunity to yeah. do it, right? To say, hey, buddy, let's – and because this is repeated. This is a repeated behavior that we've seen, right? You know, he, let's go to the second goal where Fogel over back checks or Kulak, you know, maybe there's not communication. You know, we've seen some of that, but it hasn't been that repeated. We go back and, 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 and lay out a bunch of cases where it happened. So you choose – for when it's a repeated behavior and you want to change in it. It gets the player's attention, gets the rest of the skaters on your team's attention. And I thought that was a bit of an easy one yesterday. But there's got to be a purpose for it and make the player understand why. Because you've, you've already talked to him about it. It's not a surprise. Like, you're just mad that, whatever, he lost a face-off. Well, there's going to be other situations. It's a repeated behavior you're trying to change. Yeah, I like that word, uh, uh, repeated behavior. right? Because you don't bench a player off of one play. It, no chance, right? Guys playing, oh, makes one mistake. No no coach uh, would ever, well, I shouldn't say no coach. Most sane coaches uh, would never make that decision. So now that Strides, they got two day, they, they're today and then tomorrow, and then they play San Jose on Thursday. The only team in the league below them, uh, the first team since 1965 to allow 10 goals in consecutive games. They play Philly tonight. You know, their coach is talking all great about, oh, we're going to play way better, even though they have no system, which is the coach's responsibility in San Jose. But I digress. Um, you, 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 any win matters, but is is it too unrealistic to think that's a game Edmonton should dominate the way? And I know that Edmonton's only thirty first, but I don't think Edmonton's talent is a thirty first place team talent level. I do believe that San Jose's talent is a thirty second place team. You know what I mean? Like Edmonton's, they're not playing well. They're playing deserving of the record. I don't doubt that, but I think their skill overall is better than what their their record says. So if Edmonton wins that game two to one. Like, I don't know if you gain anything off that. Like, does Edmonton really have to dominate that game to start gaining any sort of confidence in your eyes? The only reason the Sharks aren't 36 is because there's not 36 teams in the NHL. Like, they are a really, really bad team. Really bad team. Uh, and, and, but that's what they want, right? So they're getting what they want and they're, they're trying to get to the, to get to the bottom. So, but whatever, that's where they're at. But when I, when I look at this game for the Oilers, the outcome's obviously got to be two points, but it's the way you win it. Like, playing the right way. Like, winning, you know, even, Greg's, let's say they win 5-4 in an exciting shootout and they, they give up a bunch of kind of poor goals. That's, that's what they, they, they don't need. They need to have a, a game that is solid against a poor team, right? I, I, you know, they need to get that, their, their ducks in a row and, and, and have their lines steady, not mixing up the lines all the time. Get them going, get them playing right, playing the right way, and win the right way. Win the game the right way. So you're right, like 2-1 isn't, isn't what I want, but I'd, I'd love to see like a 4 nothing win where they limit San Jose in shots and chances against, and they, you know, they spend a lot of time in the offensive zone, the D-men are pinching the proper time, like just all those little details so they can say, hey, let's watch some good video from our game on, on Thursday, and we'll watch it Friday, and we'll take that into Seattle on Saturday because, there, you know, how many positive – Video sessions that they had, I don't think they've had one. I guess maybe Calgary, but you know, at that time Calgary was having their own issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the Calgary game is the one game where I thought they they did exactly what you just said. They didn't give up very much. 
They had the puck a lot. I will say this though. If Edmonton ends up in the offensive zone, struts with the puck a whole bunch and doesn't score more than four goals, to me, that's a problem. Cause right now their offense, as much as we want to talk about defense, their lack of finish and, and lack of, of, uh, you know, creating by like, I know they had 19 shots last night early on in that game. And, and, and they were all, they were out skating Vancouver. They're beating them loose pucks. It was great. But look how many shots they had with no traffic in front. Yeah, no, and that's fair. And I, I think, though, and I agree with you, Greg, it's like they're not scoring up to their potential. There's way more offense in this group. But I do think that the, the individuals, that like you know, a number of individuals, are not have no confidence in their game right now. Yeah. So I think you've got to start by you know getting playing the right way, as we saw in the first, you know, whatever, 11, 12 minutes of that game, whatever it was. And then you get some chances, and hopefully you, you, you build off that and you do it again now against San Jose for hopefully 60. Then some guys that maybe have a score, they get on a score sheet, and then you're like, okay, maybe I'm starting to feel it a bit. Then you get into the next game, and maybe some more guys are starting to feel it. Because it's not, it's, it, I don't believe this will just change overnight. It's not going to be like, oh, we, just, we put up a seventh spot on San Jose and we're back in. They've got to work at it to keep growing um, the confidence of this group and, and, and get them on track because they are completely out of. Out of sorts, and any time they run into any kind of adversity, like we saw last night, uh, later in the first period, they just they just shut down. Yeah, it's uh, it's an ugly time, Strutty. Um, ugly time. Let they beat San Jose because. Oh, and by the way, Strutty, if they beat if the orders actually manage to lose that game, I will. Uh, I've committed to growing the Leahy for seven months, which. God help me, would be like the worst thing uh, possible. Um, we uh, had. Do you, you want to jump in on that? Are you confident the orders can beat the Sharks? But I heard you say that. I almost drove off the road. It's probably the greatest thing I've heard in 2023. And I, man, I, I, it's so close, man. Like, I, I, I want the owners to win that game tomorrow or Thursday. But I'd love to see you looking like Friar Tuck. You know, just coming around a, a skinny little version of Friar Tuck. I would be. It's almost worth it. Not quite, but almost worth. It. But no, I can't. But I, I got to get to 50 before I start. You know. Shaving this uh, luscious head of hair out. Well, you could just grow out the just you know just shave the top part and grow out the sides. Oh, I, I don't want to be Friar Tucker. What's the captain? Uh, what's uh, Connor? He's got that poster of that guy. Tap, not uh, not James Kirk. What's the other guy from the newer Star Trek? Like that that haircut. That's what it looked like. Oh God, I don't even know. I'm not a Trekkie. But, uh, I don't have no Connor, idea. Connor, you know you watch that show all the time. <laughs> uh, it is a captain. I'm not sure exactly which one. Because uh, okay. Kirk, well, Kirk is William Shatner, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, not this other guy. I can't think of his All name right. now. But he's 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 also an X Men. Got a oh, British ca- like Captain P- like. Oh yeah, Pickard. Pickard. Yeah, oh, yeah. Luke. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but John Luke's just, he's just he's just straight Chrome Dome, though, isn't he? Oh uh, well, yeah, but he's got the side. He's got the side. That oh, he does. I he's might he's like I Captain Steubing. He has the sides going. Huh. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Counter had the poster in his. Office yeah, he, he's got a little bit. He's got a little bit on the side. Oh, okay. <laughs> nah, I like Friar Tuck though. That's a good one. Uh, the, the Leahy's though. Uh, most people know what the Leahy is, so it's nice. God, if, if I will, I will hate life for seven months. Like no joke if it happens. So it's uh, um, a lot of two time, buddy. A lot of two time. I, I just realized. You know what's the worst part, Strutty? Is uh, Thursday is actually my wife's birthday. Well, thankfully I'll have most of the gifts done before. But uh, God, that could be a tough decision. I guess I'm not going to tell her until it happens. Because um, if they she lose, no, no. Ah, I'm, I'm confident they're going to win. <laughs> I'll deal with it. Uh, I'll deal with the repercussions <laughs> after the fact. <laughs> oh man, I wish I would have won last night. So this could have been a little bit different. Uh, my God, could you imagine? That would be. Oh amazing. yeah, and no, I think if the orders had won last night, yeah, more people might be rooting for it. Which is, you know, that's not very. Like, I would question their fandom if they're rooting right. for a loss just so I can have bad hair look for seven months. That's <laughs> I question that. Oh God, it'd be terrible. So, but it would—it's pretty lush though in the back. That's the only one thing. It would be—it'd be very full in the back and the sides, but <laughs> nowhere else. You better else. grow a facial beard, then. If, that, if it oh. happens, you better grow a beard. I have a beard going right now. It's great. I actually trimmed it the other day. It's looking good. I like the beard. Oh. So, but uh, right, yeah, I, I wouldn't like the top. I'll tell you that. So they better win. Exactly. God, that would be awful. Yeah. Strutty, have yourself a wonderful Tuesday. We'll talk to you next week. See you guys. That's uh, Jason Fryer Tuck Strudwick. <laughs> That's a good visual. I like that one. We'll come back with five questions on the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Welcome back. Jason Gregor. Connor Halley with you on a bloated Tuesday afternoon. The Gregor Show presented by uh, PlayAlberta.ca. As uh, the uh, text line uh, humming along. People are fired up. I love it. 
Love it. Uh, everybody uh, communicating. Lots of you putting your names on it. We've got a lot of first-time texters, so the con man is uh, busy. Uh, he's got blisters on his uh, fingers, I think, today from putting in all the uh, the new names. So uh, that's great. Uh, we always welcome uh, new contributors to the show. It's fantastic. Uh, keep it going. Also on uh, Orders Nation uh, YouTube, uh, cons man's firing them up there, too, as well. I love it. So uh, if you want to get involved, uh, you can in either place. 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. It is time now for five questions brought to you by The Brick. And, uh, hey, you can skip the stress. No one likes stress. We'll skip the stress of uh, Black Friday and shop early at The Brick right now. Uh, how about this? A mattress is starting at only 149 bucks. Pillows for as low as $12. And uh, you can get next day mattress delivery right now at The Brick and TheBrick.com. It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, Greger, what do you think the plan is for the Oilers' goaltending going forward in the remainder of the season? And when slash if do we see Jack Campbell back in an Oilers uniform? Honestly, buddy, I don't know what the plan is. Uh, and I'm not sure the organization knows at this point. Um, you know what? I think the Jack Campbell move was done as Struddy pointed out. You know, Jack Campbell goes down and impacts the rest of the group too. They feel like, oh man, we kind of let that guy down. Sure, he hasn't played well. We all know that. But he actually has a higher save percentage this year than Stuart Skinner. So, um, and I know that, uh, but you can look at all the underlying numbers as well. Neither goalie's played great. The defense in front of them hasn't been good either. So they feel responsible, I'm sure. So maybe that gets their attention. And uh, maybe it allows Jack Campbell to go down to the minors and, you know, find some confidence, find a groove. I don't know if he'll ever do it again. Honestly, I can't say that. I don't know. Goaltenders from year to year, man, you never know. So, like, look at Aiden Hill. He's a Stanley Cup champion. Imagine this time last year if someone said, hey, Aiden Hill's going to backstop Vegas to a cup. You'd be like, what are you talking about? Right? So, honestly, I don't know. I have no idea what their plan is. I think they're just right now hoping somebody, I, and honestly, I don't think they care. If Calvin Picker comes in and plays well, then Calvin Picker can run for a while. Like, there should be no emotional loyalty to any goaltender right now. Just whoever plays best can play. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, interested to see how it goes and how, you know, Stuart Skinner takes this. Maybe, you know, maybe there's a little more pressure or maybe less pressure. Thinking, uh, you know, I'm the guy here. We'll see. I'm very intrigued by it. I think we'll see Jack Campbell up. I'm going to say in the new year. I think they'll give him some time to find his confidence, but new year at the latest before we see him back up here. Uh, question number two, uh, with this move being done and, uh, you know, the struggles continuing, do you foresee Ken Holland making any moves in the near future? And if so, just how difficult do you think it would be with the cap and all that sort of thing? Well, yeah, it's difficult for sure. But so what? That's your job as a GM. You got to make moves. Uh, like, what are you going to wait till game 20? No, he, he should be working the phones, looking at all options right now. No question in my mind. So, you know what? Now, there's not a lot of goalies that are able to be traded, but you never know when guys are there. So I think as a GM's job, when your team's struggling, and trust me, the other GMs, hey, Ken, uh, they're looking now to buy low, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, see if maybe, you know, Holland's desperate and will uh, we'll make, you know, like a, a Hail Mary trade. So I'm sure some guys are reaching out to him, but you have to as a GM. You're not doing your job right now if you're not – uh, looking at every option and understanding what has to happen for your team. You know, maybe you're looking and we talk about, you know, whether it's a head coach, assistant coach, goalie coach, any move at this point has to be something they consider. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, something's going wrong. It'd be nice if there was a, an obvious move that they could make, but obviously with the salary cap and other teams around the NHL being in similar situations, it'll be tough to do. Uh, we'll see, see if it gets happened and uh, what shakes out. Totally unrelated to the Oilers here, Gregor. Who do you think is the best free agent coach out there? Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus. dot com slash acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Mm. Well, see, it's it's funny because. I, I'm. I, I look at it and say, why? Why does the does the? I don't think. I'll say this. I don't think the best coach available is a free agent. I think it's probably there's lots of good coaches that have yet to be given opportunities. Are probably coaching the American League right now. I know there's quite a few of them. You can go down the list on lots of different teams, right? Um, yes, Gerard, Gerard Gallant has more NHL experience, but that, that like, but he's also lasted very short period of time in multiple places. So why? Well, like, why is the reason for that? Right now, people will say, "Well, Vegas is ruthless." Okay, Vegas is uh, um, Vegas is ruthless, but they also won. So I don't I don't know if just because he's the guy, you know, like Todd Nelson. Todd Nelson's had a great track record of winning in a lot of places. Right? Why wouldn't he be an option? Yeah, I mean, Glant was the one that came to mind for me. Obviously, yeah. he's had success with teams quickly uh but he is also being paid to hang out right by the new york rangers he's still paid for a couple more years so maybe he's not interested in returning or maybe maybe there is a, a team that would like to take a shot with him and see but i'm with you i mean we, we talk about it all the time we're seeing these old coaches kind of be recycled in the nhl and the younger guys or maybe guys working in the ahl not getting their opportunities so i i would agree with you i think the best coach is probably under contract but Obviously not available. So for free agents, I'm going to go with Gerard Gallant. I'd like to see him back behind the bench somewhere at some point. Uh, question number four for you. We're at the midpoint of the NFL season. Who would be your league MVP right now? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I, 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 I look at some and you know I just sat there and said, don't take the captain obvious one. So I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to avoid... Uh, you know, some of the, the captain obvious ones, but I like obviously Patrick Mahomes has had an unreal season and, and I'm going, everybody always votes for the quarterback. I'm not saying it's right, but it's a pretty important position. So it's hard to, to, to go, uh, you know, with him. I mean, not with him, but if, if I was going to say right now, the biggest wild card guy to watch out for is CJ Stroud. Look at his numbers. It's got 14 touchdowns and one interception cons. Yeah. As a rookie, <laughs> like guys like Josh Allen has nine. Pat Mahomes has eight. Like, and these guys are really good quarterbacks. CJ Stroud's got 14 touchdowns. I know he just had five last game, but I'm just telling you, like looking at that team's record and everything, like if we're going like, and I know then it's supposed to be who the best player is, but look at his numbers. Like he's only about what? 300 passing yards, 200 passing yards behind Mahomes. Like he's not, don't sleep on him. That's my, uh, that's my not obvious selection. Yeah, I mean, I, if it was, you know, best player award and you're looking at other positions, I think Tyree Kill would have a very strong argument. Eight touchdowns, over a thousand receiving yards. AJ Brown as well with the Philadelphia Eagles and what he's been able to do. The yeah. obvious, like you said, Mahomes. I've really liked what Lamar Jackson has done with the Baltimore Ravens. They have the same record as the Chiefs, seven and mm-hmm. two, and he's been very efficient. Uh, you know, he's so crucial to what they do obviously in the passing game, mean the quarterback, but also in the run game when he can run those options and get, get their, you know, <laughs> they're stable of running backs going. So I'd say Lamar Jackson would be maybe a, a bit of a long shot, but I kind of like that one as well. Uh, final question for you, Gregor, today. Former Navy SEAL Marcus Luttrell celebrates his birthday. He was the author, author of the book Lone Survivor, which was eventually turned into a movie starring Mark Wahlberg. Do you have a favorite war movie? Oh, man, there are so many good ones. Um, I probably... I still probably have to go with uh with saving private ryan um i I, I thought that was uh I love that movie right I, I'm not saying it's the best war movie, but it's my favorite if that makes uh 
um, if that makes sense. I like I, I thought it was very very close to one of the best, mm-hmm. um, but that one would be there. And then of course the Dirty Dozen, uh, simply because my dad introduced me to that, and I watched that movie lots with my old man. So uh, when I see that movie, it reminds me of him. So those would be my top two. Yeah, I'm like similar to you, and I, I don't think the one I'm going to say is at the level of Saving Private Ryan, but I really enjoyed Enemy at the Gates, uh, the story of uh, the sniper Vitaly Zaitsev. I thought that was a good one. And then way off the radar, because we always talk about war movies being serious, but one of my favorite movies, and it's so stupid, Tropic Thunder, you know, when they're <laughs> filming the war movie with Ben Stiller and Robert Downey Jr., Jack Black, it's yeah. a great cast. I Maybe it doesn't hold up to this, today's standards, but uh, one of my favorite stupid movies. Okay. Now, um, hey, guys, if you're looking for a war movie that's very unorthodox, check out Come and See. Let's Come and See. I have to look that one up. Uh, come and See. All right, here it is. Um, it's a harrowing odyssey through the worst that humanity is capable of, directed by Elam Klimov. Synopsis is basically the invasion of a bit of a village in uh, Bidal, Russia, and uh, then you have to escape into the woods. Hmm. Has anyone else oof, never even heard of that? But I'll, uh, I like a good war movie, man. Um, it's got like a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, they, they're pretty harsh critics, too. So, huh. All right. I don't. I don't want to say it, Gregor, but it it seems to be available for free online. Okay, uh, we're getting a lot of votes for Navrick or Narvik. Sorry, Narvik, not Navrick. Narvik, which uh, just came out, right? That's the uh, uh, in in Norway, right? Um, I've heard about. it. I haven't seen it. I've seen it online a lot. So many of you are suggesting that one. All right, I love war movies, man. Like there's there's so many good ones that you could go back through in your time that uh, uh, that I've watched that that, that I quite like. Um, you know, Black Hawk Down, I, I thought yeah. it was good. Um, I, like, I just, I don't know, Save It Private Ryan, and just, I don't know. God, like, what was the one with um, uh, Sean Penn is in it, um, Michael J. Fox. Gosh, like an 80s one. Um, Casualties, Casualties of, of War. Casualties of War, yes, <laughs> yes. That was a good one. So, um, a few others, uh, I'm trying to think, um, Hacksaw Ridge. Um, what else? I'm trying to think of, uh, oh man. Oh, Charlie Sheen. I was young. Platoon. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's another classic from way back. I'm not, you know, just what you kind of remember. So I'm sure there's lots, lots more coming in on the, the text line. Uh, Hey, Gregor is Rambo a war movie. I don't think so. No, because like he is a soldier, but it's yeah. not a war movie. No, no, I, I wouldn't deem it as a war. Like I would deem it as a great movie. Yeah, absolutely, but not a war movie. Uh, when we come back, uh, let's get to uh, Mark Spector after sports fourteen forty update. Brought to you by Edmonton Kubota, and I know you don't want to think about it, but eventually it's coming. So plan ahead. They got heavy duty, great snow removal equipment and all sorts of accessories to lower your stress for snow removal. EdmontonKubota.com. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.